The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. The Saints made a smart decision re-signing Alvin Kamara. Now you can make a smart decision of your own. Sign up to become an annual Saints Happy Hour Fan Club patron and save 5% off the monthly rate. You get access to the Saints Happy Hour daily podcast ad-free. No ads Ever. You get the Saints Happy Hour Booze Bundle, four swag items, amazing. Access to our private Discord channel where you can talk Saints 24-7. What are you waiting for? This offer won't be around forever. Go to SaintsHappyHour.com, sign up, and save 5% today. All right. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour Daily. Welcome in, everybody. It's a Wednesday. Welcome to Saints Happy Hour Podcast. This is the free show, but you should sign up and become a Saints Happy Hour fan club patron. Uh, you know, my my wife. We'll get you the booze bundle shipped to you. You can get access to Andrew's written grades, which we are about to discuss t- right now. Andrew, it was a better time doing the Saints grades for you this week as they won 35-29. They scored on five straight offensive possessions. Um, the first thing I want to talk about today is, man, the offensive line was wrecking people until Ramchek went out, and Sean Payton was practically uh, giddy about it after the game. I'm going to say this. I thought the guys up front were outstanding. You know, we had a couple injuries. We moved Easton over to left guard. He played extremely well. The tape's going to show it. Cesar Ruiz, you know, got his first start. We had to make some adjustments there when we lost Ryan and backs. I mean, we just did a lot of things well. It kind of goes hand in hand. I thought the third downs that we didn't convert were the longer distance or less manageable ones, but the ones we did, we put ourselves in a good good position. And the one time went for it on fourth down and hit Alvin, I think, on the big play. So what did you see from the offensive line, Andrew? Yeah, a dominant performance in the trenches. Uh, the two that really stood out to me were on the left side. Uh, Armstead was just incredible. Really, really good. I mean, anytime it felt like the Saints wanted a big run, they'd go off the edge. They'd have Armstead kind of pulling off the edge and, and being a lead blocker there. And That's what they did laid... to wrap it up, right? The sweep to Camaro. Yep, that's right. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, he basically laid to waste anyone on his path. <laughs> his pass protection was incredible. Easton was very good, too. If you go back and look at the two uh, Latavius Murray touchdown runs in particular, uh, those are behind Easton. And Easton, in both situations, kind of carries. On one of them, he carries two defenders with him into the end zone. And on another, I mean, his his push and power was shocking because I've always kind of viewed Easton as like a, a, a decent player that's just solid. He's not going to give you too much, but like the, what he showed in that game is kind of what we hope to get from Andres Pete, you know, on his best days. So mm-hmm. uh, that that was shocking. I would say Nick Easton stood out to me the most just from I, I didn't know. I didn't expect him to play as well as he did. Uh, you know, McCoy did his usual thing. I thought it was a good good first start for Ruiz. And then Ramchick was Ramchick. Ramchick actually surprisingly had a 
bad pass rushing uh, blocking attempt, uh, but otherwise was solid. And I mean, it was just it was just dominant. That's all you could say. Yeah, and you know the the, the, the hopefully Ramchek can be okay uh, in the concussion. He'll have an extra day and he can play money because it felt like Andrew when Ramchek went out. The running game was like your TV, but unplugged from the wall. Like there wasn't a slow decline. It was like Greenridge in, bloop, it's over with. Like it felt that dramatic without Ramchek. Yeah, Greenidge did not play well. Um, you know, there there was a period there where they on. So there were two drives in particular. You know, we're really talking about two drives. You know, because the Saints were up thirty-five to fourteen, and then. The offense kind of stalled out, and they punted a couple times. Uh, the first drive, there's a couple plays they go for negative yards, and so they get into a third and twelve, and they don't convert it. Uh, on the following drive, you know, they they call consecutive mm-hmm. pass plays, and he gives up a rush on the first one that kind of forces an errant throw by Breeze incomplete, and on the very next play, he gives up a sack. So there was like four or five negative plays by Greenridge in the span of two series mm-hmm. um and so greenage to me is a concern yeah i mean you know if he the good news is james hurst is coming back so you know he, he's coming off of uh his suspension and obviously i, I think literally... that's a guy that's probably going to be your primary backup tackle based on what i saw from greenage i forgot james hurst even existed until somebody in the discord channel mentioned it uh monday morning like I, I was like, oh yeah, they have him on the team, and Andrew was kind of excited about his potential uh, in the off season. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest, I completely forgot about him too. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned it to me. Uh, you texted me earlier today, and you're like, oh yeah, James Hurst comes back this week. I heard that on Discord. I'm like, oh shit, you're right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, out of sight, out of mind, I guess. But uh, you know, he's a veteran, and uh, there's tape analysis. If you go, I, I posted this uh, again in the Discord, but I. I graded or I, I reviewed his tape from last year in, in my write up on him. And if you're a $10 patron, you can go uh, reread that. Uh, but th- those are promising starts. And I mean, he played full games as a starter uh, at mm-hmm. left tackle, actually, in those games. But uh, he, he's a guy that I think can come in in a pinch and play if you need him to. I would look for him to be your starter at right tackle, potentially, uh, if Ramchek can't go this week. Yeah, I mean, and look, it's just, and it's not, it's not some wisdom that I I'm given here, but whenever you're playing and you plug in a UDFA because a dude gets hurt, 99 out of 100 times it's gonna be fucking a disaster. Like that's just the way it goes. And look, if they'd have missed Ramcheck the whole game, I believe it potentially would have been a disaster. So, um, you know, you just. They, they, the offensive line, when well, they don't have... I, I will say this. I mean, I, while I agree with you, Ralph, I, I, I think there's a huge difference between... Now, remember, Greenidge went in for Armstead for a couple plays at left tackle, uh, and he had okay snaps there, and then and then immediately had to go to right tackle when Ramchek went down. So you know, he's kind of moving around, and there's a difference between playing the left and the yep, right. And, you know, so we, we don't give a lot of... We don't pay a lot of attention to that, but it's just like you're asking a kid to do a lot... And he's completely unprepared. So yeah, I'm and it's, saying, and like, it's, they don't have, you if know, they knew, if they knew he was starting and they planned that all week and he had reps at practice and they had a game plan to mitigate his struggles and, you know, they, they gave him some help. You know what I'm saying? Like, if a whole game plan is built around it and he's prepared all week knowing he's going to start, 
it always looks much worse when you're forced in game. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so hopefully, you know, it, it can be okay, and we'll have to see. Uh, you know, the Chargers they're they're beat up on defense too, so we'll we'll have to see. The other thing with the offense, and you you, I want to talk about specifically your grades for, um, you know, Emmanuel Sanders and Traquan Smith. Emmanuel Sanders looked exactly like the dude that. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We were euphoric on a Friday night in March when the Saints signed him and patrons were going crazy, me and you were going crazy. Like he, We were like, this is the guy we want. He looked exactly like that guy and doing exactly what we thought he could do in this game against Detroit, Andrew. Yeah, I, I didn't think he was finished. I thought it was just a question of he needs time. You know, he needs time to develop. And so you look at his first catch, which was about a 17, 18-yard yeah. gain, back shoulder throw, perfect ball by Drew Brees. But that's you know that 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 to me is a really good sign because that back shoulder throw is. That's that's all about chemistry and timing and precision. And you can tell they've worked on it. They've put the time in. And uh, so the ball is exactly where it needs to be. And Emmanuel Sanders knows exactly where to expect it, turns his body around, makes a great catch. And so uh, I, I think that's just you normally in a regular offseason with proper preparation and preseason that that's a play that you're seeing him make in week one. And it's just taken until week four, um, you know, because I think of the circumstances of this year. So Breeze looked really comfortable throwing the ball and Emmanuel Sanders looks a lot more comfortable in the offense. You know, and I've said this already, but I think he's been forced into a role that he was maybe not ready or comfortable with. And that's really being the number one receiver for this team. Yeah, he was kind of forced into that. Uh, And I think I think the sink or swim reality of Michael Thomas being out is going to end up being a good thing for Sanders because I think it fast-tracks his ability in this offense, and it, things will come easier to him when Michael Thomas is back, and I think he'll be better off for kind of this uh, you know, this uh, trial-by-fire period. 
The wait is finally over. A triple header of fun is upon us this week. Football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff early. The NBA Finals are here and the MLB playoffs are in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. How hard, I mean, look. Like we said after the game, a win is a win. Saints needed to be 2-2. Two and two. Doesn't matter how you get it. I get that. But as we move away from the win and sort of the euphoria of it, I just get to thinking. And look, it was a great thing. I, you know, Me and you had talked before the game. We're like, with the coronavirus scare, missing six dudes, having to stay up all night. Like We were worried about it. And I said, well, let's just hope Sean Payton can coach rings around Matt Patricia because Patricia's a terrible coach. And that happened. But how much of the Saints was the Saints looking awesome and the Lions being terrible and terribly coached on offense? Uh, well, I, I think I think the Lions are terrible. Uh, I mean, you just look at, for example, P.J. Williams. First of all, he wasn't targeted until the fourth quarter. That seems like a miss to me. Um, when he went out with an injury... Ken Crawley played six or seven snaps, uh, replacing PJ Williams. He was not targeted. Wow. Like that. Wow. Like, I mean, that's just brain dead coaching. That's coaching malpractice. You play the the 49ers and Shanahan or you play Aaron Rodgers. I promise you the next two throws are coming to Ken Crawley as soon as he enters the field, you know, and it's just, so, you know, that was surprising to me. And yeah, I did think they were poorly coached and, uh, I think on the defensive side, I mean, look, the Saints were missing some guys. Ruiz had his first start. Mm-hmm. Nick Easton played like a beast, you know. And so I don't know if what that says about the Saints' offensive line. I mean, certainly it was encouraging, but I know it says the Lions' defensive line is a joke. I mean, they looked absolutely terrible. Uh, but uh, look, you'll take it. And and I I think give the Saints credit for capitalizing. You know, Ralph, another layer that's interesting that I want to point out is this whole Michael Burton fake positive thing, false positive thing, because the running back room, I mean, think about how well they played in this game. Latavius Murray was awesome. Alvin Kamara was awesome. Michael Burton had a great game. But they spent they were awake all night. Those guys were running on fumes. And and it's not just they didn't get any sleep. I'm sure it was like scary and emotional for them, like. I might yeah. not be able to play. Michael Burton's probably thinking I may have just cost my team the ability to play. You know, like how did I screw up? You know, like I'm I'm sure all those thoughts are going through their head, and uh, so I'm sure they're freaked out. I'm sure they're calling their families. Like it was a rough night. I was told that they were up all night dealing with that, getting tested over and over, and for them to play the way they did was just unbelievable. But like, you gotta wonder just with Michael Burton, the Saints ran the ball very successfully, a lot of runs out of the eye, a lot of power stuff with him as a lead fullback with Latavius Murray getting those carries behind him. That was really successful. And Michael Burton played it on about 30% of the plays. So you have to wonder, like, for Sean Payton, while this is all going on in the middle of the night, 
he's got to be thinking, holy shit, like 30% of our yeah. game plan is out the window. We don't have another fullback. If Michael Burton can't play and, and, and we have to play this game, like what the hell am I even going to do? So yeah. it, it's just it just goes to show, man, like COVID can really wreck COVID, you in a COVID moment's COVID is just – it's just going to be one of them things, man. We're going to be talking about football and defense and injuries and all kinds of stuff. And COVID is just like the storm clouds. just They just linger, and they're there all the time. That we're just going to kind of forget about them. And then, you know, it can jump up. You know, New England, they were like, you know, I'm sure their fans were like, we're 2-1, and one. we got Cam, this is great. And then they're like, oh, Cam Newton's got the coronavirus. Oh, shit. Everything's, you know, and we laugh at it because it's the Patriots and everyone hates them. But I mean, that could ha- like it happened to them. It could happen to the Saints, and it could be like where you know you go a month, four or five weeks, and you don't think about it, and then boom, it's right in your lap, like it was with the Saints on Saturday night at eleven o'clock. So, um, you know, I I can't imagine like Sean Payton. He's probably like, you know, what do you do? Like, and the thing is, like you like you said, thirty percent of your game plan and the running game was really. What allowed the Saints to not – they didn't panic. They ran the ball. They were down 14 nothing. They said, nope, we're not going to panic. We're just going to run Latavius Murray off tackle. And at times, Andrew, I thought Sean Payton was – Stubborn, but in a good way. Remember, it's thirteen. It's it's uh it's it's uh they run the Taysom play fourteen to seven. It, they kind of bo- they kind of botch it, but they keep on marching. It's third and three from the th- third and goal from the three, and you know that's a time when the Saints usually let Drew Brees throw it. They get a little cute, maybe. Sean Payton was like, Nah, brah, Latavius Murray off tackle, and he just in the end zone fourteen fourteen. You know, so I thought Payton was excellent in how he called the game, but that all happened because they caught a break and Burton wasn't positive. I mean, I can't remember the last time on third and six, a third and goal from the six, Sean Payton ran the ball. I I couldn't (laughs) believe it. When I watched the tape again, I was like, oh my God, that was third and six. There was another like third and four. They ran a shotgun inside draw. That was a big play for them, the shotgun inside draw. And, uh, Detroit had no answer for it. It was just crazy. Like, it's one of those things where, you know, th- this is where it gets tough as a play caller. I think if if Latavius Murray had gotten stuffed, you know, it, I think fans would have gone nuts on Champagne. How the hell do you run the ball on third and goal from the six? What are you thinking? You know, so it's it's like it, it really yeah. is one of those things where you're a genius if it works and you're an idiot if it doesn't. Um, and, and so I think it's important for us as fans that we remember that when we're always second guessing these plays, you know, you think, you know, but you really, well, you I want to know, before, you just don't know. Before we get to the defense, I want to play one more soundbite from Camara talking about how good the run game was Sunday. I love it. I think my tone and, and my message to, the, to our room every week is, you know, make, make it run through us, make it flow through us, make the game flow through us. So you know, make Sean give us the ball. And, you know, when we're getting the ball and we're, we're going and we're, we're moving how we want to move and we're, we're getting positive yardage and the O-line is feeling it, I think it's hard hard to um, stop us and it's hard to stop our offense, shoot. Not to mention Drew on point, putting the ball where they need to be at, Sean on point, calling plays. It's poetry. You know, so it was, it was just interesting that Kamara phrased it like that. He's like, make Sean Payton give us the ball. Like, we're, we were so fucking good in this game. He, ha- he knew it. He had to just keep handing it off. Yep, I agree. And uh, 
I, I tweeted this and I put it in my write up. So you guys are probably sick to hear me say this, but I'm going to point it out again, just because to me, this just illustrates how great Alvin Kamara is. You've got the fourth down play. And first of all, this is the play where, uh, this is the play where Ramchick gets beat. Breeze is about to get sacked. He gets hit. And I don't know how Breeze avoids the sack here. He just, he, he kind of takes the shoulder blow resets himself and dumps the ball off to Taysom Hill. And this is on like third and eight and it gets about five yards. No, it was like and third and 12. He got like eight and it made it like fourth yeah, and three. Okay. Yeah. And so, and so that looked like that, that ended up being a really big deal because it made the fourth down manageable and tremendous play by breeze to reset himself. And, you know, you talk about the accuracy and just how good it was in this game and just, being able to put that ball on the money, that, that was not easy to do. So awesome play there by Drew. And then you get in fourth and four, fourth and three, and they put they have three receivers on the right, and Kamara's closest to the offensive line, so he's in the slot. And the lines, they don't throw a linebacker at him. They don't throw a safety at him. They put a cover corner on him, you know? And Alvin Kamara roasts him so bad on the out and up that Drew just has to kind of lob it drop it in the bucket and he's wide open easy catch huge gain i think that gained like 29 yards yep but I, that to me just illustrates how special alvin Kamara is and this is why they've paid him and this is why he's not just a running back i mean how many running backs in the league can run that route on a cover corner and roast him that badly because on paper personnel wise that's not a mismatch a running back is not supposed to embarrass the cover corner and yet that is exactly what alvin Kamara did yeah, it, I mean that, that on a fourth down. I mean, huge play. Yeah, that you just play that play for all the ana- analytical nerds that say never pay a running back. You just play that over and over and tell them to shut the fuck up. Like you know, um, you know. And look, we don't know that it's Detroit, so that 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 corner may well be a trash can. But even a trash can cover, even even a trash can corner should be able to cover a running back. Um, so now we get to the defense, and I'm going to say this. Your grades were really interesting, but I'm going to say this about the defense. is, And I was arguing with Saints fans on Twitter yesterday a little bit. Is I don't know what a big, giant chunk of Saints fans expected. Like, they were down three starters, including two corners. Like, to hold Detroit to 281 yards, force a turnover – like, I don't know that they could have been any better yesterday. And I know Matthew Stafford was terrible, and that helped them. But, like, I don't know what you were expecting. Like, to me, yesterday, considering everything with that defense, that's as good as they could play, Andrew. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Its intelligently contoured design enhances the trimming experience and is waterproof, which makes for easy operation and cleaning. The only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium-ion battery that lasts up to 90 minutes of use. Have you ever pulled your nose hair out with your fingers? That might hurt worse than nicking your balls. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to delivering maximum confidence while providing hygiene. Yes, you will get a replacement blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean 
and enjoyable. Look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. It's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code armchair what are you waiting for go whack your weeds uh, I well the first drive was fr- frustrating I, I think you know to see Detroit convert a third and ten and then a third and nine and then you know you get the turnover on the first play offensively and then you put them in third and seven and they score and you're mm-hmm. I, I'm just thinking at that point like holy Oof. shit like they've given up They've given it they're three for three on third down. They've all been seven plus yards in distance and it's 14, nothing like, you know, we might as well pack it, pack it up and go home. Like if we can't, if we can't get off the field on third and seven plus, like this is, this is hopeless. And, and yet the saints then respond with 35 straight points. And when you score 35 straight points, I mean, you, you have to admit that's a really good stretch defensively. Um, so I will say this, I think, first of all, the Lions had a bad game plan. I thought Matt Stafford executed it poorly. Matt Stafford really, like, after he threw that pick, he was shook. Like, he just lost <laughs> confidence. He, yeah, he did. He was like, oh, yeah, I can't just recklessly throw the ball down. the Because he, he made a really stupid decision, if you remember, on that deep ball that he threw to Jesse James. And the it was tight just end a ridiculous play. He, yeah, I mean, he makes the catch over Malcolm Jenkins. But I, I think at that point, like that was a reckless throw. And I think at that point, Matt, Matt Stafford was starting to feel a little indestructible. I think he was starting to feel like, oh, I can just do whatever I want because like everything's going to work against the secondary. And so they try to do the double move on Patrick Robinson. And this is at 14 all. So, this is, you know, they're driving again and things are not looking good defensively. But Hawkinson tries to do the double move on Patrick Robinson. The technique is absolutely flawless and perfect. Perfect coverage. He baits the throw. And then, you know, Patrick Robinson has nice size. So he goes up and he's yep. tall and he goes up and he high points the ball, makes a great catch. And from from that pick on, you go back and look at Matt Stafford. He starts to get way less accurate. He starts to get way less confident. And I, I that just goes to show that sometimes, like, you make one play, you, you yeah. get a big sack or you get a big turnover, and sometimes your defense plays awful, but then one play kind of changes the whole it, it complexion felt, of the game. It felt like the Raiders game in reverse, you know? It, kind really, of, kind of, yeah. It a did. You know, like yeah. like Derek Carr stunk, and the Saints were sacking him, and and then he just like, oh, I can just, I can just throw the ball to Darren Waller, and we're going to be okay. And it was – but the Detroit game was just kind of – the opposite, like Matt Stafford came out hot, was looking good, and then the Saints started to hit him. He, you know, he makes a rec- bunch of a couple of reckless throws. Saints pick one, and then it just gets it's sort of, sort of snowballs, and and that's just that's just how football yeah. goes. And look, the one, the one area I would say so past past defense wise, I mean, I think Malcolm Jenkins had up and down moments, but I, I still like Malcolm Jenkins, and I think he's mm-hmm. playing pretty well. Chauncey Garner Johnson was phenomenal. Like you said, out of Patrick Robinson and P.J. Williams, like what more can you ask for? I mean, those guys just played as, as well as they possibly could. And Marcus Williams has an interference call, which I didn't love. Uh, but the one place the Lions kept going back to with success was Anzalone. And so that, that, that was kind of the one area where you look at this game, you look at this tape. Uh, the Saints are going to have to be careful about this moving forward because I think that that's going to be something teams may try to attack. 
Yeah, I mean, and and speaking yeah. of that, Dave, Dave said you. By the way, Dave <laughs> said you need to get the uh, audio. You should get this for this big show tonight. With the it? audio of Mario dying. Dying, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we have we have we have, we have Anzalone good, Anzalone bad, right? right. But I want to play this just quick soundbite. Sean Payton for all the the praise, and he was kind of euphoric and really proud of the Saints for winning the game. He wasn't pleased with. Uh, with uh, some of the, the way the defense was playing. We've got to be better defensively on the first drive. It's happened too much this year. A red zone defense is still something that needs work. Yeah. So the red zone defense, do you see a consistent problem with it? They were better against the bootlegs this week. They weren't a, they weren't a high school team. Yeah. I mean, the, the one touchdown that I think was pretty frustrating was, uh, and yeah, I got to, I got to, be hard on my boy here. Uh, but uh, there, there was a fourth down play. Um, so, and this is late in the game, but there's a fourth down play where, you know, they get off the field and the game's over in the red zone. And it's a handoff to Adrian Peterson and Carl Granderson has a shot at him. And he just, you know, he misses the tackle and then Marcus Williams gets there and then just gets carried into the end zone by Adrian Peterson. So, you know, that was a run play where, you, you just wish they make the stop. But, yeah, I mean, Hawkinson, you know, high points the ball over Malcolm Jenkins. Uh, the, the Saints once again got beat. This is Malcolm Jenkins getting beat by Hawkinson on, on the play action. Uh, so I, I thought yeah. they did a much better job defensively of staying in, in the bootleg and the play action. Like, they didn't bite on it as hard. They, they did a good job staying in their zones staying with gap discipline. So you could tell on tape they fixed that for the most part. The area where it's still a problem is inside the five in goal line defense. And uh, they're just every single time, like they're they're biting too hard trying to stop the runner, and it's just leaving huge lanes behind them, and it got them again in this game. But I think besides that goal line rep, which is usually Caden Ellis is usually the king of that, getting killed on that. But, um, you know, that Malcolm Jenkins got beat on that one, but – Otherwise, in general, I thought that was much, much better and an encouraging sign. Yeah, and we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. 
Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. I just feel like in 2020 NFL, defenses are struggling so much. And I think team, when you play teams, the, the crowd noise, it helps you with the pass rush because the quarterbacks can't hear. They can't audible. Now, without crowds, like I think there's like half the league there's like 14 to 16 quarterbacks that if they're on and you block well enough for them, they'll light you up. Like Justin Herbert, he went to Tampa all yesterday you know, on Sunday, and he was 20 of 25 against a Bucks defense that people would say is a top five defense. Like I just think defenses are going to struggle, and if you don't have a very good pass rush – you're not going to get to the quarterback because you're not going to have that crowd noise to sort of help you. And the Saints defense, as long as Cam isn't Cam and Marcus Two First isn't playing, like they're just they're, they're just it's going to be bumpy as hell. Jesus take the wheel every single week with this defense, and I, I just don't see any other any other way around it. Is that too harsh? I think you're right. Um, now I'm, I'm relieved that uh, that fans do matter. Like on some yeah. level, it's just nice to get that reinforcement that, like, yeah, actually, like the Saints play better when fans are in the dome, and it helps them defensively. And it's a big deal when they're not there, you know. And so I, I do, I do think uh, the fan impact has been highlighted this year, especially like you said, uh, points per game are way up. And I think that's just a function of it's much harder to get stops on defense. That's true for the Saints. That's true for everyone. I mean, look, the Dallas Cowboys, I know they're banged up. Maybe their defense isn't what it used to be. Uh, but to see what the Browns just did to them. I mean, <laughs> they are twenty. I mean, they are 2014 Saints-level bad. Dak is like, he shattered the record for most passing yards through four weeks. Like, Dallas's defense is fucking atrocious. We laughed at Atlanta and rightfully. Right. Rightfully so, because they gagged it up. But they lit up Dallas. The Browns lit up Dallas. Like, their defense is bad. Mike Nolan might be one of those guys where, like, he's great as a 
position coach, but as a coordinator slash head coach, he's terrible. Because we loved him with the Saints, right? He's great at the line as a linebacker coach. For the, de- the defensive coordinator for Dallas, it is awful. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Uh, you hate to see it. You hate to see the Cowboys just struggle like this. No, but I mean, I mean that, that's the point, though. I think they have good personnel. I know they lost some guys. I know they've had some injuries, but I, I just think for the the Cowboys to play this bad defensively, it, it just just goes to show that it's hard right now. It's hard, and and so I, I think we have to be patient with the level of the defense, and they need to get some guys back. You know, yeah. Look, Two, two firsts, like, say what you will, I, it's been frustrating, but, like, he's a huge part of it. And it, yeah. to me, it's not about the fact that you want him to replace Hendrickson. It's that you want Hendrickson to replace Granderson. Like, you don't want Granderson getting all those snaps. You don't want Margus Hunt getting all these edge snaps. You want you want two firsts and Jordan in there, and then you want Hendrickson being the guy that gives them the rest. And this is like that – I think right now you're going too far down the and, – and that's the thing yeah. I'm noticing about the Saints' pass rushes. You know, I, I like the Saints' depth on the defensive line, and they rotate their guys a lot to keep them fresh. But I just think there's times where you've got Margus Hunt and Granderson on the edge, and then you've got Rankins, who's a shell of, him for, of his former self, and Roach. And those are like the four down linemen that are rushing the passer. And it's it's no surprise that you know there's times where the pass rush just kind of it's just not good enough. It it's just not good. And here's the thing: even if Davenport comes back and he's not what you hoped he would be or whatever, even if it's like Hendrickson keeps being the main guy and Davenport is the rotation guy, like that's okay too. Like like you say, you just don't want to go down a level against it. Um, So we'll just have to see. Uh, final thing, Andrew, is on special teams. And Morstead, oof, he was bad again. Um, so once once is a problem, to you know, we might be in a trend here. That's not good. But also, look, Deontay Harris, he got dinged. Maybe he'll be okay. But if he's not, the way Kamara is rolling, you can't have Kamara as your primary punt guy, right? Like, if if, if Harris has to miss time, they got to do something else at punt return, and that it can't be Kamara, right? Or yeah, I don't know. I I mean, I hope not. Um, yeah, th- this is where it really stinks that Ty Montgomery went on IR. You know, that's that's a that's a perfect guy that you would want on the roster and on the team right now if something happens to Deontay, because then you don't have to risk Alvin Kamara. So you know, hopefully they get Montgomery back quickly uh, because that, that if, if Deontay is out for any period of time, that's exactly who you want to lean on in, in that situation. I'm with you. Like I, I, I don't see how you can justify risking Kamara on, on those plays, you know, just find a yeah. Jairus bird type dude. You can put back there to call a fair catch. I don't care. You know, yeah. put Taysom Hill on kickoff return. I don't care. Like it, do not put Kamara back there. Yeah, no, I, I get it yesterday. Like, to, me, to me, like, I, I'm going to call Sean Payton out on this. Like, I think that's bad coaching. I just do, you know? And yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, I get it yesterday where you're like, hey, it's an emergency situation and you don't have time Montgomery. But I almost would have would have preferred that Sean Payton was like, hey, Alvin, go catch the punt. And by the way, if you do anything other than fair catch it, I'm fining your ass. Like, like that would have been okay too. Like, 
Seriously, like he did it with Jairus Bird, right? Like, why can't he do it with Alvin Kamara? Be like, look, Alvin, we pay you $75 million. We can't have you hurt. Like, just go out there and fair catch it. Like, I don't care if you think you can make a play. I don't care. Hand in the air, buddy. Um, But, you know, this wraps up the great podcast. Listen, guys, you get this for free. But if you are thinking about signing up, sign up as an annual subscriber if you're current or you're if you're a current patron or if you're thinking about becoming a new one, you save 5%, which is a month free, and you get the booze bundle, which is like getting two months free. I'm just saying, like, we're the best fucking Saints podcast on earth. We give you more content than any other Saints site. It's the best money you'll spend all football season, I promise you. So for Andrew, I'm Ralph. We will see you again tomorrow.